Welcome to Retro Rewind, Pinal Central's new sports-themed podcast, where we talk to former Pinal County athletes and discuss memorable moments in local sports history. This episode of Retro Rewind is brought to you by Mi Amigo Ricardo, Casa Grande's finest Mexican food restaurant. Come down and enjoy lunch or dinner. For to-go orders, call 520-836-3858. Business hours are 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. and closed on Sundays. Mi Amigo Ricardo is located at 821 East Florence Boulevard. Welcome back to Retro Rewind. I am your host, Brian Wright, and normally we are joined by co-host Maria Vasquez. She is out today, so it'll just be me speaking to our guest, Randy Robbins, who is back for a second episode with us, and uh, we are very appreciative to have Randy in here for a second interview. Uh, how are you doing, Randy? Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me back. You are welcome. Okay, well, let's start and let's talk a little bit about um, your all the different kind of hats you've worn um, with Casa Grand Union uh, since you've come back. I mean, we touched on it a little bit in the first episode, but uh, not only have you been, you are currently the athletic director, mm-hmm. you have coached football as a head coach, you're coaching as an assistant coach now. You have been on the school board. Uh, you have a lot of different kind of perspectives on um, how just the high school system and education works. And so what were some of the most um, rewarding and frustrating things about each of those hats that you wore? Um, I don't want, you know, to, there wasn't, to be honest with you, I really haven't had anything that's really frustrated me. Um, you know, I think because it's all, I mean, it's all in a, I look at it in a good way because I view it with the lens of I'm here trying to do my best to help kids be successful. I look at it from that lens and I know there's always going to be obstacles in your way. And and I was taught, you know, by some pretty good coaches. You know, we you have to remove those obstacles to to try to do the best you can. And so I kind of I don't kind of see them as obstacles. I kind of see them as opportunities. Look at things in a, from the lens of an opportunity. To how are we going to make it better? How are you going to make yourself better? How can we make a certain situation better? Whether it be um, as a role as a coach, an AD. Or when I was sat on the board, how am I going to make the lives of these kids better? So I kind of view it with that type of lens. And so, uh, you know, when some people might see an obstacle, I look at it, try to look at it in the ways of an opportunity to try to make the situation better or better for that child. That mindset that you have uh, where it seems like you do a, a very good job of kind of blocking out distractions and maybe things that might make your job in any respect more difficult. Um, how much of that was your upbringing in your, in your family, uh, from your, your parents, mm-hmm. um, and then lessons that you learned later in life from coaches? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, growing up, you know, being the youngest of six, you know, in my family, uh, you know, and, you know, my dad, you know, 95 years old, Still doing great, you know. I see him every see him every weekend. He's doing great, you know. World War II veteran, 
You know, it's not many of those guys around. So you listen to his stories of, you know, how he grew up, World War II, you know, Southeast Texas. You know, you listen to your family history. You know, it kind of humbles you to, you know, see, okay, all right, I'm okay. You know, I'm doing okay compared to how my father grew up or what he did for his children, you know, so they can help them be successful. Um, and the coaches that I had growing up and you know, playing in the certain cities that I played in, you know, playing in L.A., Steelers, you know, those are tough places to play. You know, those are hard, you know, arenas to play in. And you still got to go out and be successful. And playing for the coaches that I played for, you know, Larry Smith, you know, Dan Reeves, you know, those guys teach you a lot about yourself, you know. And, but it also teaches you, you have more inside you, you can do more than you think you can do. If you just develop that mindset to block out all the noise and the negativity and focus on what do you need to do to be successful or what do you need to do to help your team win. That's kind of like the, the, the kind of been like my mantra for the last 15 years. You know, what can I do to make myself better? What can I do to help our kids be successful? You know, or give them an opportunity to be more successful. But you have to put in the work, be willing to put in the work to do that. And it, 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 it took a lot of years to get there, but I'm there, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. I don't have to be the best. I just want to strive to be better, you know, try to be better every day. You know, in our first episode, we talked about there's so much going on in the world right now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of those things is just kind of, I guess, racial <laughs> unrest. Yeah. And, you know, so I think for uh, as a black man, uh-huh. you know, you could race can be an obstacle sometimes mm-hmm. it, it can create some difficulties mm-hmm. so from your personal experience um, all those different roles that you've uh-huh. been in uh, have there been some some obstacles and some challenges in that regard yes there are, you know as a black man yes there are some obstacles however however you know first of all as African Americans we're not a monolithic group we all have our own Mindset. We all all have our own way of thinking, our own mindset. With that being said, I also believe, Brian, that attitude is important. It really is in how you approach things, in your mindset. You know, you know. Sometimes in our culture, you know, it's been said that okay, as African Americans, we may have a strike or two against us for being black. However, you still get an opportunity to go up the bat. What are you going to do with that one strike? You know, are we going to say, are we going to be woe is me because I don't have the same opportunity as my white brethren or white sister? Are we going to complain about that? Or are we going to do what we can with that one strike if they only give us one strike? Make it count. You know, you know. Equality will get there, 
one day, someday soon. But you still have an opportunity because I look at I look at my father and my two uncles. My, like I said, my father's 95, and my uh, two uncles they fought in World War II. Okay, they fought for a country that didn't recognize them as citizens, but they still fought for it. They still fought for a country that didn't recognize them as citizens, even when they got back. Civil Rights Act wasn't until 1968. However, they knew what they did made their lives better for their kids. That's a true statement because I'm sitting in this chair talking to you right now. What they did, and I know there's a lot being made by the flag, you know, and stuff, standing for the flag, whatever, you know. Now, I believe in the opportunity of, you know, I believe in the opportunity of America. Are we there yet? No. But we'll get there. But I think as African Americans, like I said, I'm speaking for myself. We're a monolithic group. But I'm speaking from my own opinion. But we'll get there. But you also got to approach it with the right attitude. That, okay, that person might have more opportunities than I have because of the color of their skin, but I still have an opportunity, and then that, that did not stop me from achieving the things that I've achieved in my life. Does that make any sense? Of course. But that's how I look at it. And I think sometimes, you know, as you know, as a, as African Americans, I think as a group, as all the civil unrest that's going on in the country, we're frustrated. I get it. But being frustrated and and if if they're out there committing violence, that's not good either. You know, you got to approach it from the mindset of what Dr. King tried to teach us. You know, approach it from that right mindset of, you know, uh, just peaceful protest and approach everything in the right frame of mind. And... Something that I really took from what you just said is that um, there are certain things in this world that you can control. Yes. There's other things that you can't control. Yes. So it sounds like you had a great example from your father and, and uh, from the generation that came before that you know they realized that they couldn't accomplish certain things mm-hmm. that were going to be against them as far as their rights. Exactly. One thing they could do was try to make a better future for the next generation. So how much has that influenced you to try to be a man who tries to make things better for the generation after him? Obviously, right now you deal with high school students every single day. Bingo. You just said it. You just nailed it. You just nailed, you just nailed my life's mission. That's, that's, what my, that's what my mission is, is to... You know, make make life better for the, the next generation of kids. What my parents did for me, and my parents' friends, or the parents of like Dennis Fitzgibbons and Kevin White. I knew their parents. I knew their parents. They supported me and everything. You know that generation of parents. You know, 
they made sure life's better for their kids, and it was. And so my job, my, my job is to make, you know, kids that I come in contact with, I want to try to make their lives better. Or if they want to use me as a resource to come in and talk to me, I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I have an open door. I think I've told you before, I have an open door policy in my office. The kids call me by, they call me Coach Randy or Randy. They don't call me Mr. Robbins. I don't want them to call me Mr. Robbins. You know, I want to be able to have a relationship with them. You know, Mr. Robbins, that's, you know, that's kind of, I want to break down those barriers because I want them kids to see me like I'm you and you're me. You know, that's kind of why I go, you know, by the first name basis because that really breaks down a lot, especially when I'm talking to kids. And that helps them because I want them to see themselves in me and vice versa because I tell them, hey, I'm you and you're me. It just all depends on how you want to approach things from your mindset. Now, I'm sure that a good number of students uh, over the years, specifically the last, uh, I guess it's been about six years now Mm -hmm. that you've been in the Mm -hmm. athletic director role, uh, at least the most current iteration of your athletic director role, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure there's several kids that have come to you who feel frustrated about some of these things uh, with racial unrest, Uh and um, they probably look to you for advice. Um, So... What is your advice when some of these kids come to you with uh, either questions or just frustrations? I tell them to do your part. Just do your part. You know, and try to find something positive. You know, and whatever turmoil we got going on, you know, be a positive light in it. You know, uh, don't be a negative influence in it. Be a positive influence, and if you're gonna do it, you know if you're gonna. Um, but also, I tell them, you know, you know, strife and unrest. Sometimes it's normal. It's sometimes it has to happen for you know for progress to proceed. Sometimes this has to happen. So people may need to wake up and see. Okay, all right, maybe we need to get along. You know, because we all we have to get along as a world. We have to find a way to get along together, or we're going to self-destruct. And I and I got enough faith in humanity. I don't think we're ready to self-destruct right now. You know, we're just going through a. I look at it as a phase, but we got to figure out here real quick. You know, before it gets a little bit out of hand. I don't think we're there yet. We're getting close, but. I think we got enough good in us to where um, we're going to figure this out because I think we've always have as a country. So far we have, and I, and I have faith in our country. We're going we're gonna to get through this phase. You know? But you also, you know, we have to get with the younger generation, the next generation of leaders, you know, to, hey, you know, approach, try to approach things uh, from a positive perspective. You know, there's going to be negative in the world, but just try to approach it from a positive perspective. Now, one of the other things, certainly, that is front and center in everyone's daily life is a global pandemic, COVID-19. And that pretty much shut down schools earlier this year in the spring and shut down all spring sports. 
and we've kind of been dealing with it ever since. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of us who don't work at a school, you might think like, you know, summertime is summertime, but I mean, somebody like you is constantly working yeah. and constantly trying to address a lot of the challenges that COVID-19 is presenting to you. Right. Um, so how difficult has that been from an athletic director perspective um, on schooling in general and then uh, more specifically on athletics? Um, I see it on the kids' faces. You know, they're, uh, you know they, they're anxious. They want to get back and see their teammates you know, we, you know, we're out there practicing, and the kids are anxious. Um, they're excited, um, but you know, they're you know, you know, some of them are concerned, you know, about you know about this uh, pandemic, you know, because you know, going home, you know, when they're going home and stuff, and they don't want to, they don't want to spread it home, you know, or vice versa. So it's it's tough on the kids, um, not knowing. You know if they're gonna play or when they're gonna play, and you know, like I said earlier, I just got my volleyball schedule today. <laughs> so today it is September second, as we're speaking. Yes, I just got my volleyball schedule, and so and I have to go, you know, figure out, you know, talk with admin, talk with our superintendent, say, okay, you know, are we gonna have fans? You know, are we gonna have fans? What are we gonna do? And I got to go through that protocol, so I got a schedule. So now I got the next protocol. You know, how are we going to do this? I know we're not going to have concessions, so what's that going to look like? So, okay, okay, we got a schedule. Great. Wow, now my work is going to triple as far as figuring out, you know, game mechanics, game day mechanics. And football, like I said, the AIA is having a meeting. Well, they should be wrapping up or getting close. Um... I'll know when we get done, and when I do, I will let you know ASAP what they've decided. And um, so I'm just, I just want to, you know, I, the kids are nervous and anxious. I kind of, you know, want, trying to stay calm for them, <laughs> you know, even though it's crazy for me, but I want to try to keep things as calmless, calm and seamless as I can for them because I don't want them to get up uptight either it's not good for me to be uptight and I don't want them to see that even though I may be when I go home I'm throwing stuff around but uh but I want to you know I want to do what I can to make it make them have a a good opportunity when we do start playing back sports so acknowledging that things can and most certainly will change as as we sit here on September 2nd um (laughs) What are your thoughts on fans? Um, wow. I, I, I believe that, well, I don't know. I mean, each school is going to look at it individually, yeah. certainly. But um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I got something I got to sit down and talk with uh, with uh, Dr. Beebe about fans. You know, Dr. Beebe, and I'm pretty sure he'll run that by the school board. If we're going to have fans or if we're going to have fans, whether it just be our fans we may not. We may or may not allow visitors to come in. One of the things I did, I talked to our band, you know, director Martin Hebda, because we have a huge band. Is we're going to put the band in the end zone, 
put some bleachers in the north end zone so we can put the band there. And so, which actually be good because we have the cheerleaders and the band out on the field and we'll keep everything separate from the, you know, from the crowd, you know, which, which would be a good idea. So I got to talk with uh, Dr. Beebe and uh, he, I'm pretty sure he'll confer with the, with the school board to see about that. Cause if we're not allowed to have fans and I was telling a, a buddy of mine the other day, I said, you know, football in Casa Grande is really good and we have a pandemic to deal with, you know. <laughs> so of all the things that we need to deal with, you know, our football team is pretty good this year and we have a pandemic to deal with. So, you know, I guess we have that buzzard luck, I guess. Uh, so as of right now, the AIA has – uh, scheduled October 2nd as mm-hmm. the first uh, real action for uh, regular season games. Mm-hmm. So do you believe that at this point, uh, do you feel that it is safe to move forward to play football games uh, that at least as many protocols and as many kind of precautions as you can have are in place for a football season to move forward safely, at least from your end? I think we're doing, here's what I would tell you. We're doing the best we can with the resources we have. Um, could we use more? Yes. Um, is, it, is it ideal? No. Um, what's ideal is what the NBA is doing. Every, what, what's ideal is everyone playing in a bubble. But that's not realistic. Not for high school. Not for high school kids. And that's, uh, you know, that's my biggest worry. You know, as an AD, that's what, you know, Brian, that's what keeps me up at night. You know, you know, if, we, if a kid comes, you know, gets positive, and, you know, I hear all the people say, hey, you know, they're asymptomatic, they can handle it. Yeah, but what about if they go home? That's what I'm, that's what scares me to death. You know, or what if a kid has an underlying condition and they do? That's what scares me to death. I want them to have opportunity to play. To me, the the most ideal situation is what the NBA is doing. If you're not doing what the NBA is doing, it's subpar, in my opinion. We can do the best we can. You know, we can spray the balls or... um, you know, hand sanitizers keep kids away from each other. But, you know, football, still a contact sport. Volleyball, it's played indoors. You know, they said indoors, from what I've been reading, is a little bit more, have more risk indoor sports than outdoor sports. So, unless we're in a bubble, you know, we're taking a risk, but I understand, you know, I understand, you know, the kids, you know, that the kids want to play and the parents want to let them play. I understand that. I think it's, to be honest with you, Brian, this is going to be a, a decision that each individual parent would have to make, you know, whether you allow your kids to play because of the pandemic, the other situations. Same thing with going to school. 
Are you going to allow them to come back in person in school? I think that's a decision between each and every individual parent, to be honest with in my opinion. You know, I think well, when it, it comes down to that decision. Have you had any conversations with other either athletic directors or superintendents, administrators, who they, they feel like um, they're not ready to come back on the same schedule as the AIA. I mean, we, we know that in Pima County, mm-hmm. they have announced, at least for the time being, that they don't want to return to athletics until there's in-person instruction. Correct. Yeah. Um, but have you heard from any other administrators who have... Um, thoughts about not wanting to return as quickly as the fall sports calendar uh, says to return? Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to administrators on both on both sides of the spectrum, um, but more on the side of caution. You know, they're more on the side, lean on the side of caution, you know, because it's just so unknown, and they, they just don't know. And, and, and they're and and they're nervous because we don't have the resources. Uh, you know, as an AD, um, as I'm sure as coaches, we're all nervous because we don't have the resources we'd like to take care of our kids. If I could test them every day, I would. I would test, you know, football, volleyball, cheer. I would test everybody if I could. If I had the resources, I would. You know, that's... To me, that's what I would do, you know, but that's unrealistic. But that's kind of, you know, what what our coaches are struggling with. You know, they're giving us a schedule to play or participate. So as a coach, an AD, you got to get your kids ready to play. You do, you know. You know, and it's, it's a double, this is actually a double, a double-edged sword. It really is. Because if we don't get our kids ready to play and they say play, they're not ready, that's not good um, because injuries will take its toll. So so our kids are getting ready. Knock on wood, you know, we haven't had any issues because our kids have been practicing for four weeks. So So they're able to deal with the heat. So that part has been pretty good. But I don't know. I feel like I'm at the crap table in Vegas, you know, and Snake Eyes is getting ready to pop up on me. That's what I can't, That's what we feel like. That's what, As ADs, as admin, that's what, that's what we feel like. We feel like we're in Vegas and Snake Eyes is getting ready to see us here shortly because we're doing okay right now, the ones I've been talking with. But how long is that going to last, you know? Just read an article about a, uh, a, a school in Iowa in a JV football game where they stopped the game in the first quarter when they came out and one of the t- kids, you know, one of the kids was positive before, so they just stopped the game. So I'm, I'm nervous about stuff like that. That stuff keeps me up. But And I'm guessing that in Arizona – whatever kind of contingency plans there are for issues like that that may arise, um, it, it sounds like those aren't really all hammered out yet. Is that no, correct? No. They will be hammered out. You know, I got to, you know, we'll be putting together something 
before kids step out on the on the court or field. You know, myself and my principal, and you know, Dr. Beebe, superintendent, we'll put something together and see. Okay, you know, I got some what ifs in my head. I need to get those down on on paper to see if this happens, what will be our protocol? You know, during an athletic setting. First, I needed to see if we're going to have an athletic season. Well, we're going to have volleyball. Okay. Football, I'll know when we get done. So, um, so it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting ride here shortly. Well, to transition away from COVID-19 for just a minute, um, I want to allow you a chance to talk about your football team because, as you mentioned before, you have a very good team, yeah. a, a team that's on the rise. Yes. This is a team that last year won the program's first state playoff game in 26 yeah. years yeah. and came ever so close to winning uh, in the state quarterfinals, uh, losing on a last-second field goal yeah. um, to – Goodyear Desert Edge in the quarterfinals. So we all know about Angel Flores is a terrific prospect, mm-hmm. and I know from talking to you, uh, a terrific kid as well. Yes. Um, and he's playing quarterback. Right. And But tell me about some of the other uh, players that you have returning and you know if and when games are played, why you feel good about what this team can accomplish. What I like, you know, you mentioned Angel. I mean, you know, I mean, we have R.J. Keaton, Jake Silvestri, Jacob Thomas, and a whole list of other kids. You know, I don't, you know, I don't want to exclude anyone, but what I like about them, Brian, is they're a team. You know, they know Angel is good, you know, but they're a team. They, they don't really care who gets the credit now is what's kind of what, you know, Coach Ball is instilling, instilling in them. You know, it's kind of what I've always told them. You know, I, you know, I told our teammates, I said, hey, it's okay. You're playing with a great player. I played with one in college with Ricky Hundley, you know, who's our, our linebacker, who's a three-time All-American. That was my roommate, you know. You know, you know two-time consensus All-American, first-round draft pick, our, our draft year. He was seventh, seventh pick of the draft. I said, when you play with a stud or a star player, you want to play with a star player because you got an opportunity to make plays because everybody's going to stay away from him and come at you. So you have an opportunity. So that's what I tell our kids. You got a player like Angel Flores, you know, they're going to want to stay away from him. They're going to come at you and vice versa. I said, don't be jealous of star players. They make you better if you approach it with the right mindset. And and our kids start getting, they started figuring that out. Hey, they're not going to maybe, they're not going to go over here. They're going to come over here at me so that all of our kids start making plays. And, and, they're, and they're playing like a team. And they don't really care who gets the credit. And the great thing about them is the core nucleus of that team is juniors, you know. And so, you know, they it's, and they got some they got some years to go. And when we got an incoming freshman class, and then Coach Barrow says is the best he's ha- ever seen, the best he's had. And I went out and watched them practice, and they're pretty good, this freshman team. So, 
football is going to be good here for a while, which is which is awesome. I mean, and that's all I want for the kids, and and they know they can do it now. They do. They just have to put in the time, and they know they can do it, and they believe in themselves. The greatest thing that we, you know, even though we lost last year, it was so helpful because these kids, once we lost last year, they were they're chomping at the bit to get in the weight room. They're chomping at the bit to work out. They're not. They're doing everything that Coach Barr asked them to do. He doesn't have to get them to work out. They're there before he before he gets there. They're there. I, mean, I haven't seen that in a while. So that's great to see that. I mean, they're doing it on their own, on their own accord, and so that's it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch. And of course, Randy has been talking about Jake Barr, who has done a wonderful job uh, building the program uh, to the point where it is today. And uh, as we wrap up this episode, Randy, is uh, there anything else you'd like to say? No, I just appreciate, you know, you know, all that you do for covering, you know, our, our county, you know, our county sports, you know, not only just Casa Grande, but covering our county schools. Uh, I grew up in this county and uh, a lot of talent in this county, you know, you know, coming out of Eloy Coolidge, you know, when I grew up. And so I appreciate all that you do for the kids in this community, and especially in this county, you know, covering everyone. I, I really like that. I really appreciate uh, you guys doing that because it means a lot to those kids. It really does. It, re- it really does mean a lot to them. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Randy. Those, those words, uh, I appreciate those words very much. And Again, thank you very much for stopping by and uh, speaking with speaking with us on our Retro Rewind podcast. Thank you much. Appreciate it, Brian. Hey, there you go. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening to Pinal Central's Retro Rewind podcast. Remember to go to PinalCentral.com and our Facebook page to access future podcasts. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite streaming services. We will catch you next time.